Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. As I might remind you, I do this only occasionally, you can find these shows on basically any podcast channel that you happen to listen to, or you can go to my personal URL, and it's even faster if you do this, Bruce, B-R-U-C-E dot Dooley, D-E-U-L-E-Y dot com, Bruce dot Dooley dot com, all lowercase, and then you'll just get into all my shows, hundreds of them, without advertising or anything. I do my shows at my expense. I don't get advertisers intentionally. Don't mind mentioning good products if I feel comfortable about them, but I don't ask for money because then I don't owe them anything. So yes, I've carried this show basically for 22 years. So I hope you enjoy it. I've been recently working on a garden design for a neighbor here where I am for the summer, and her big kick is she wants to attract more hummingbirds to her garden. So today I thought I'd just kind of share some of the tips that I've been using with her. And for those of you who would like to uh, aid and attract these amazing birds to your garden, I hope some of these tips will help you. First, I want to begin by letting you know that hummingbirds are present in every state in this United States except Hawaii. Some states host these birds year-round, while others will find them during the summer months only. Many hummingbird species arrive in spring from wintering grounds to the south, then breed and nest before returning back to the south in the fall. One thing I should point out is that adding hummingbird feeders is only a, kind of a small part of the picture if you want to help protect and aid hummingbirds in your area and attract them to your garden. And you will want to attract them as they are crucial crucial now pollinators that play an important role in a number of different ecosystems. One thing to consider is to keep your garden safe for feathered friends by always gardening, what am I going to say, organically. Don't leave netting or other items around in which the birds may actually become entangled in for one thing, and especially during key migration periods, keep hummingbirds safe from pets and consider, at least for that period, if you have any cats, keep them indoors if you have an option. Since my show now reaches literally all over the nation, I do want to mention that no matter where you live in the United States, attracting hummingbirds means providing them with a habitat that meets their needs. The best way to do this is to select and plant a wide variety of native species plants. Aim for biodiversity and incorporate as much variety as possible. Think carefully about how plants are combined to create functioning ecosystems within a given space. When attracting hummingbirds, one of the most important things to think about is providing the birds, of course, with their food source. Let's add one new word to your vocabulary, nectary. (laughs) You'll see where it goes. Hummingbirds need nectar, of course which they obtain from a wide range of native flowering plants. It is better to provide these birds with natural food sources, preferentially to providing nectar from ordinary feeders. Although I should say here, I definitely keep feeders out. It does help attract them. I have read a lot of studies. In most regions, it doesn't do any harm. They do enjoy coming to the feeder, but they do not learn to depend on it in most cases. So in general, once you've got your garden going for your whatever hummingbirds you have in your area, get them planted for wildlife, and then I put up some feeders. They can also be a beneficial addition 
uh, and a feature in your gardens because it makes, the, makes it easy to observe and enjoy your hummingbirds. In general, hummingbirds will be attracted by most any or all of the what we call tubular flowers, especially in red or orange hues. Some of my favorites such as cardinal flowers and trumpet honeys. Bee bombs and salvia species are also very common native plants to choose from in most areas of our country, but many others can also be beneficial. Make an effort to try to plant a range of flowers that are blooming over as much of the year as is possible. And to throw a little factoid in here, hummingbirds do indeed need nectar, but they depend on, especially when they have their babies, and eating insects and spiders seem to be one of their favorites. So it is important to attract plenty of this kind of life to your garden also, especially if you want to make the birds sort of, I want to call it, feel at home. And this is why I want to emphasize again native plants. Native plants and herbs often help to boost insect life in your garden, which incidentally then will begin attracting a number of other species, but especially hummingbirds. And another trick I'm going to help this lady with, for instance, is that in addition to all the plants and everything, one more thing she's going to add is going to be a little wildlife pond to a part of her garden. What a difference that makes, not just for hummingbirds, but basically for all of our native species, especially in parts of the country where it seems to be getting drier all the time. As most birds do, hummingbirds need places to perch close to food sources. It is important to make sure that you have plenty of trees and shrubs in your garden that provide shade, shelter from winds, and places for hummingbirds to rest and hide. Native trees and shrubs provide hummingbirds with potential nesting sites on your property, in addition to a place to keep them safe. While hummingbirds do get most of their water they need to drink from the nectar and insects they eat, they do like to bathe frequently and we'll feel most at home if there's water nearby. So if possible, provide a pond or at least a water feature, um, some a delicate fountain or a misting system or maybe even just a bird bath if that's all you, it's easy for you to use. Those features uh, allow them to bathe and cool off, especially during our intensely hot summers, which seem to be coming more and more often. Now let's say that you've actually created a truly hummingbird-friendly garden. So the next step is, and, I, and this is when it becomes, to me, the best timing, is to go ahead and put in some hummingbird feeders. They can help provide hummingbirds with nectar, especially during key migration periods in the spring and the fall. Place hummingbird feeders a couple of weeks before you expect the first hummingbirds to arrive in your area and take them down only when you see no hummingbirds for at least a couple of weeks. That might mean leaving them up year-round in a lot of parts of our country, especially as things warm up. More and more hummingbirds are, are actually wintering over here in the States than used to in the recent past. Where possible, hang multiple feeders. Ideally, far enough apart that a bird using one cannot easily see a bird using another. Placing them in the shade and cleaning them out regularly is just one of the best things you can do. And do remember, creating diverse planting plans with native plants is by far the best and most important way to aid hummingbirds and attract them to your garden. So try to think about these things before you actually plant your garden. 
And then I kind of watch it early when I plant it early and see what flowers are doing better and where they are. But then I arrange my actual feeders around what is best for the hummingbirds that are coming in for that matter. Other species also come and visit uh, my feeders from time to time. And a couple of little facts I learned that which, uh, you know, you learn something new every day. A year or so ago, I was out in Fort Davis, Texas, actually having a dinner. I was talking to some friends at another table and he found out I was kind of into nature. And he told me that he was losing a bunch of hummingbirds at his feeder. And I said, why? He said, the praying mantises were catching them. Now, wait a minute, folks. I didn't buy that. I just couldn't believe it. We have praying mantises here in the States, but I couldn't imagine them big enough to catch a hummingbird. But this guy insisted. So I'm finishing my meal with my lady and he goes off. I saw his lady stayed there and then 15 minutes he comes back with a video. He actually just didn't have his phone with him. And he actually had videos of praying mantises getting on top of those little flower feeders hanging from either the, the string that holds them or the top and just keep swiping out until they eventually get a hummingbird. And he had several videos of it. So that's a surprise I never, never, ever thought of. And in that same video was even more fun in some ways because they had been so patient that he and his wife can sit out on the porch and put their hands out and hold a feeder and the hummingbirds come right to them and eat out of their hands. So if you have a little bit of patience, they're really kind of fun to have around. So that's probably more than you want to know about hummingbirds. But everywhere we live except Hawaii, folks, you have an opportunity to bring these guys in in the spring and through the summer and fall, even pretty far up north. And it's just something you'll learn to really enjoy. It seems on a total different subject, but it's really not. So let's talk about it a little. I've got a couple minutes left for this quarter of the show. I'm going to give you a few little facts that I just came across about birds, bees, and believe it or not, one of my favorite drinks, although I limit myself, coffee. A new study at the University of Vermont in collaboration with researchers from three different Latin American countries looked at the effects of birds and bees on coffee crops. They found that coffee beans are bigger and more plentiful whenever there's birds and bees and they're there to team up to protect and pollinate the coffee plants. This particular real-world study manipulated coffee plants across about 30 farms by excluding birds and bees with a combination of nets and small lace bags and whatever. They looked at four scenarios, bird activity alone, bee activity alone, no bird, no bee activity at all, and a natural environment where birds and bees were free to pollinate and eat insects that otherwise may all actually damage the coffee plants. The study looked at fruit set, fruit weight, meaning the coffee beans, and fruit uniformity. Important factors that determine the quality and price of the coffee crop. The results were that the combined positive effects of birds and bees were greater than either one as individuals and the effects on the overall coffee plantation. Without birds and bees, the average coffee yield on the farms declined, listen to this, by nearly 25%. This is important information for, and most people don't realize that, the $26 billion coffee industry. And a surprising result of the study is that many birds providing pest control to coffee plants, especially in Costa Rica, had migrated thousands of miles from Canada and, of course, 
right here in the United States. Previous studies looked at the benefits of natural factors separately and then added them up, but the new study demonstrates that nature is an interacting system with both synergies and trade-offs. Nothing stands alone. Past assessments of individual ecological services have underestimated the benefits of biodiversity and how it provides goodness to agricultural and human well-being. Ecosystem services are way more valuable together than they are separately. Thanks for staying tuned for Organic.